Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, Bryce. What's up? Wait. I'll tell you what's up. I thought I'd drop a bit of napalm on you and the Purple Pants Posse. Psych. You guys know that I, Natalie Cole from David and Goliath, would never do that to this crew, as I only hit hard against the enemy, and you know who I'm talking about. Or those who think they can pound Jackagate me. Oh, hell to the no, no, no. So, I'm just passing through to sprinkle some purple rain and love to your space. Because it's a purple pants, it's a purple pants, it's a mofo purple pants podcast. May the power be with you. It's the purple pants, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You trying to get your snack? You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Isaiah, and we is moving forward. That's right. Move forward, move forward, move forward. I mean, you might spring forward, but bang, bang, I'm using this time to move forward. I hope everyone is well. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the Purple Pants Podcast. If you a member of the Purple Pants Posse, what's up? Thanks for coming back. You know, I got a juicy episode for you this week. So listen, look no further. You might have lost an hour of sleep, but baby, I'm giving it back to you on this podcast. If you could be so kind to pause this podcast, if you've never subscribed to the Purple Pants Podcast, okay? Make sure you subscribe Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever it is that you listen to your podcast at. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, okay? Make sure you give your baby boy some five stars and write a review. Let me know what you think about this podcast. I am so excited. We have sprung forward, but you know, we moving forward. I get down and out and sometimes sad and depressed when we have to fall back and it is dark out. 
now, but we have made it to the crescent of the sun being out. She's going to be shining on us. We're going to get these extra hours of daylight, and I am here for it. That vitamin D, always do your baby boy good. You hear me? Okay, and I ain't talking about sunlight. Ooh, listen, see, I'm getting too sick. That's, that was spicy, Brycey. He always trying to come out and play. But I'm really excited. I feel like this is my season that I am able to grow. I'm just always a better me during this time of the year. So I really get excited and I hope that it motivates some of you guys to get out, exercise, spend time with your families, do what you need to do, be the best you that you can be because that's all we really could do in this crazy world crazy time we can just be the best versions of ourselves, and that is what this podcast is about this week moving forward doing what you got to do we have a jam packed episode for you so i ain't even going to go on with the blahs and the blahs and the blahs i'm just hitting hard because we moving forward so we've got the church announcements this week we welcome back lauren ashley back to conclude this season of life after lockup so we give you a nice juicy recap the baby boy amon is back with the casual tea and we are talking about the stimmy check we is talking about pierce morgan sharon osborne and we're talking about the sunlight protection act that they are trying to push forward in Congress. We've got Gangsta Gurry with Purple Pants Premonitions. I've got a very special advice with Bryce this week that touches on grief. And we got the Freak of the Week. Listen, forget about that hour. Come and move forward and get some sunshine with me. Let's get into these church announcements. On this week's church announcements, I want to keep in the spirit of move forward. We've got this extra sunlight out, and I really want to encourage somebody in the Purple Pants Posse to go big this week. Don't let anything hold you back. Don't let friends hold you back. Don't let a relationship hold you back. Don't let a job hold you back. Don't let a diagnosis hold you back. Big bang. We are moving forward. I am a big believer in it is about the energy that you put out. It's about manifesting. It's about being the best you can be. And sometimes we let relationships get us down. Sometimes we let diagnosis get us down. Sometimes we just let a whole bunch of different stuff cloud our judgment, cloud our spirit. And I am encouraging you this week to move forward. We is going to march it on in. Okay. We are going to let the sunlight shine on us, shine down and let us be a ray of sunshine in our lives to someone else. So I encourage somebody in the Purple Pants Posse this week to move forward. Don't stop. Okay. You going for a job promotion? Go for it. You want to switch fields? Go for it. You want to end a relationship? Go for it. Move forward. 
use this as your time to be the best you can be. Okay? I'm speaking to the posse, but for real, for real, you know, in the church announcements, I just be speaking to myself because I need to hear that. I need to know that I can conquer anything I put my mind to. I just have to move forward so take this purple pants posse as you're okay to move forward in something do something for yourself take this time and energy to be the best you can be it's a man who is a menu me and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew it's a man who is a menu me and potatoes like we're cooking up a great stew are keeping the menu rolling we are back it's been a while i'm so happy to have the tiktok queen survivor queen lauren ashley back back on the podcast was popping boo hey grateful to be here i have missed you and the purple podcast pants you know i can never say it right purple pants podcast listeners um and i'm ready to talk some love after lockup because it has been far too long Yes, so we've taken, you know, a bit of hi- hiatus because, you know, we booked and busy, but we are back to kind of sort of recap the season of Love After Lockup. We've missed about, I mean, we haven't talked about six episodes, and so last night or, you know, whenever you listen to this podcast last week, um, they the season finale of Love After Lockup aired. It was a two-hour special, and we really got to wrap up a lot of our storylines with I'm saying love. Yeah, it is love after lockup. It's love uh, love and life. We don't know what season, but we're in it. It's the finale. Yeah. I just figured we would kind of like wrap up a lot of things that have happened that we did not cover because I, I be seeing the tweets, Purple Pants Posse. I get the messages. You like, where is love after lockup? Where, where, we need to recap. We need to talk. Well, listen, tune on in because this is what we're giving y'all today. So let's uh, wrap up Sean, Sean and, and Destiny. Destiny. Woo! Um, baby, it's, it's been, been a lot. lot. It's know, been a lot, like a lot, time, a lot, a lot, a lot. The last time we talked, it seemed like Sean had driven down to California because he wanted to be there for Destiny's court date. He was there um, for Destiny's court date. Destiny was was pissed off that he was there. Um, came out of court and really didn't want to share any information with Sean. And we learned that she just considered Sean a trick. Which I mean, Sean was just figuring that out. However, if he listened to the Purple Pants podcast, he would know that we knew that. <laughs> Time. Yes, yes, he would have known. I mean, baby mama told him too. Everybody I feel has his friends told him, his friend's wife told him, but he was blinded by love and he couldn't see the light. I mean, I mean is, is it, it love? love? Like, I don't, I don't even know. I think, like, I, I, I think for somebody like Sean, probably not. I think knowing his situation, being older, that he has a football team of kids, he knew what it was with Destiny. They were both getting a mutual benefit from the relationship, if that's what you want to call it. They, they say, say it ain't tricking if you got, got it, it, but you, you don't, don't got, got it. it. So right. it, it's, it's not, not like, like, I don't know. My, my issue with Sean is that you have a baby's mother who is very much so interested in you, who is not ugly, who looks like the type of girls that you date. So I'm just like, there's obviously some history there that we are not privy to because there's got to be a reason that they're not together, obviously. I mean, there's something that wasn't right, and maybe next season we will get that, but I just <laughs> feel like there's a reason why he's not into her anymore. Because, like you said, she would go for it. Absolutely. And it's like they communicate like they're still together. What, what 
what really broke my heart was after Destiny kind of sort of obliterated Sean's heart on TV, um, Sean finally picked up his uh, kahunas and got the, the car towed, which I felt like, I don't even know why you getting the car towed. I would have reported it stolen and had her, had her ass arrested and that would have been the end of it. So he got her car towed from the sister's house and, you know, before he leaves to go back home, he meets back up with her and it's funny because she's walking. And my thing with Destiny this whole time was like, girl, you are very much so entitled. And I understand that Sean is a trick to you. But sis, you're not even that cute. Um, and, and it's like, just, it, 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 it's so like, okay, you disrespected him. You broke his heart. You embarrassed him on national television. Why do you need to keep going? And honestly, the, the, the things that she says to him is like, what kind of person are you? Girl, what kind of, what person, kind of person are, are you? you? Yes. And see, and this speaks volumes. The fact that Sean did not call the police and say, yo, my car is stolen. You guys need to pick it up. That speaks to his character because he didn't want the girl to go back to jail. You're right. He should have done that. He was on the hook for 50 G's on this girl and he didn't. And still she punched him in the face. She is crazy. The other thing that I thought was crazy about that whole thing I get your sister having your back, but the fact that the sister was all in it and like calling Sean all kind of names and stuff, I was like, girl, this is not a good look for either of you. Trash. It it doesn't look good at all. And and yes, Destiny looks aside like she's just proving that that she has a lot of work to do and a lot of things to work on as far as far as her morals are concerned. But it it does make me wonder, Bryce, who hurt her? What is her experience with men? That she does this. We talked about this earlier was that like she and this is when again my heart opened up to her and I'm like you know what I I understand where she's coming from. She was abused as a child for a very long time from her uncle and she put her uncle in jail and so like you know there is a a history and we even see her mom and her mom it it looks like it's a cycle. It looks like it's a generational cycle. However that doesn't give you the right to like I I don't know like my, my empathy only goes so far in the buck stop here um and even when he was leaving to go to the airport and she called him he went back and she was still being mean to him and he still gave her 40 dollars. like i'm just like sean you're uh you're a mess but what really broke my heart was when sean got back home and he went to his uh the mother of his children's home and his 16 year old daughter was like she was telling us that when she would call him when he was with destiny destiny would like not answer the phone he wouldn't text back and like now he's making amends and the daughter is like are you just here because she left you and the daughter was really hurt and for me you know you know i had to put my social work head on it's like i just thought about what type of model Sean is modeling for his daughter because it just makes me wonder what type of relationship is she going to get into, get into right with men right because it, it's like well and it, her lack of trust with men her dad is supposed to be that north star that person that she can go to and he wasn't there I he was blinded by destiny I cannot and all these women he just it, it's like an addiction almost and he yeah. knows in the real world he could never get anybody like destiny that's the other layer of it well he I could like I mean, do you Sean's think not that i think so like i like i, I mean sean is not mock up i don't think sean but... could approach a 26 year old woman well i mean he needs get... to date in his own age pool he needs to be honest with his age he needs to be honest with his situation and when he's honest about it i feel like you know he could get somebody that's willing to accept it but you can't like and to destiny's point is like you know i'm tricking you but you are somewhat selling me a dream as, as well. well so, so I, I, that's I, true I mean, 
That is I, true I, because he I, was I, not honest about his age. He wasn't honest about his kids. He wasn't honest about. They were both selling each other a dream, and and it wasn't real for either for, of them. For sure, but we learned that. Destiny is back in jail when she went back to court. She, uh, well, first of all, baby girl got married. Okay. She married some guy named Jason who, from my opinion, he look all right. Um, and he looks all right. He seems to be somewhat normal, but I honestly feel like she only did that for the TV show to like get revenge on, uh, Sean to be like, oh, and at this point we know what the tree looked like. So, and destiny got her karma instantly because we wrap up this season with destiny. Uh, she, Sean got her out of jail, uh, for the one charge, but she still was facing another charge for her cutting the anklet bracelet off and being on the run. And that was what she had to go to court for which which he was on the hook for fifty thousand dollars the whole time and we learned that you know they remanded her to jail and she has to serve the rest of her 16 months of that other sentence was like a year and a half and she's up for parole in five months she's still calling sean for money and you know we're like yes sean is out and you know live free to live his life but as we wrap up this we see that sean has a new girlfriend in jail whose name is sarah who i listen Sean, bless you, because uh, Sean just, you know, he just confirmed he'll be coming back for season whatever of child. He'll be on life after he'll be on the next season of life after lockup because he's starting this new relationship with this girl, Sarah. But again, my thing is like, Sean, who hurt you? I mean, destiny, shit, (laughs) destiny, destiny hurt him. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I'm not mad at it. I feel like if Sean needs to do something to get, you know, he locked and secured in that next 37 season, I, I would like to see how this plays out. I'm very interested to see who Sarah is, what she's like, what she's about. Um, I'm rooting for it a little bit. I'm not. Sean needs to spend his energy and his time and his children, and he needs to get off of writeaprisoner.com. Want a date? Get on. I do agree. I do agree. Like yes, yes. Something else. He does need to focus on his children and make sure that that relationship is right before he does go forward with anybody else. I do agree. I do. So keeping it moving, we got Christiana and John, um, and we left off with John preparing for Christiana to come home. Um, John is currently staying with his, John got eight kids. He got three of them staying with him. And he also had Christiana's sister, Tara Bell, and the mama. He's taking care of all of them. He was getting pretty flirtatious with Tara. And, you know, once he found out that Christiana was coming home um, with her parole, she couldn't be in a house with another felon. And Tara Bell had a charge for a DUI. So Tara Bell had to get out the house. And John was pretty cold about it. But obviously, we know that John just does not want Tara Bell and Christiana to talk because she will know about the, the flirtatiousness of it. And my whole time about thinking about that is like, okay, I understand that. Uh, John, but you're on a TV show, so we've got footage of Tara Bell sitting on your lap trying to seduce you. And although you don't give in, I was like, you know, kind of shocked. But at the same time, bitch, you got their mama living with you, and their mama is seeing everything. So you, what in your right mind do you not think that the mom is not going to spill the tea on what is going on? I mean, I think in his mind, truly, he's naive because he feels like I am the provider in this situation. I am giving them a roof over their head and taking care of them while my wife is in jail. I also don't know where his sense of loyalty lies. I mean, I guess we did see him turn away from her. However, they were still in that predicament. So like you said, she, he's being straddled. Like it's, it's, you, you already and, let it go too far. 
When Christiana got home, we know that the first time that Christiana got home, she was only home for seven days and I mean, or nine days. And her and John only spent like a day together. And then she went back to jail because she started using. Um, and, and then when she comes home, uh, you know, John's excited to get her home. But anyway, the real tea is the mama. The mama, like she took her mom out to lunch, dinner, breakfast, uh, and they were talking. And the mom was like, I could hear things through the vent. And she was like, I heard the bed creaking through the vent. So my thing is like, I don't care what Tara Bell and John say. They was doing a nasty. But the real tea here is, is that Christiana tells us that she was suspicious of their relationship even before she got home because, okay, back in the day, she slept with Tara Bell's baby daddy. And Tara Bell gives us the tea on when they slept with each other. Tara Bell was on the damn couch and Christiana and the baby daddy was on the floor. So first of all, that like, I can, like, I child, I already know what that house and couch smelled like from the story. (laughs) So it's like, I... I I mean, it it just speaks volumes to, to like you would never think that about your sibling unless there was a reason to think that about your sibling. So obviously it's a pattern with the two of them. And, you know, I do feel that they do love one another. Like it was clear that Tara Bell, even though she had this thing with John, I don't think like at first I felt like she was trying to be like, Oh, I want my sister's life. But now I feel like it's almost like, watch out for this guy. Something is not right. Like he, how is he affording all this stuff? So I I thought that so the mom and Tara Bell both tell Christiana that like um there's something sneaky about John. We can't put our finger on it. He got four cars in the driveway. He done bought a boat. It's always new stuff being in the house. And, you know, John has a criminal background. So they're like, we don't know what's going on with John. So, but my question to that is, but y'all don't have a problem uh, living in the house and he taking care of y'all asses. So whether or not you think something's up or not, y'all should be worried about making it work. Now, to Tara Bell. I get two things from Tara Bell. Tara Bell also gave the tea on her sister like, listen, girl, we did flirt, but something ain't right with him and you need to watch out. But if you remember the scene in which John kicked Tara Bell out, Tara Bell was like, that's really effed up. And when Tara Bell was waiting for her ride, Tara Bell was like, I'll be back. So I feel like Tara Bell absolutely wants Christiana's life. And she is just waiting for John to be done with Tara Bell so that she could move in and have the life that she wants with John. Because the one thing that John does provide Tara Bell, Tara Bell has a drinking and drug problem like Christiana. And he seems to provide this sober lifestyle. He's got his kids there. He works. And so I think that more importantly of it all I think that despite John's creepiness or whatever it is he at least is providing this foundation for these women to get themselves back together and like you know when Christiana was going to meet with her sister she was nervous because she was like if my sister tells me she has sex with John I'm nervous about that's going to give me the urge to want to use and Christiana is like when she's going to meet her sister she's like I haven't had an urge this is the strongest urge I've had to use well I'm like well bitch you just got out yesterday honey it's not not like you've been out for weeks so i it's just a lot and so when we wrap up their love triangle uh christiana is working on her marriage with john and they are no longer talking to tarabelle and my thing is kudos to christiana because it's like you do have to choose um was my husband flirting with my my sister yes but this man is providing the sober life for me and financially stable for me so this might be one of the things that i in my normal normal life might not put up with but i was happy that she chose to stay with john because it, it i felt like she was choosing 
sober. I felt like she was choosing not being in jail. And so I was proud to hear that storyline. I am curious to see uh, what happens with them in the next season. But I, I was happy that Christiana was able to stay. And, you know, keeping it moving, we on to my girl Chevelle and Quaylin. Um, So we know that Chevelle, like, Chevelle found out that Quay was cheating. They broke up. And that, you know, Chevelle moved on with her life. She was dating. She and her cousin, they went to a family vacation. Quay pulled up with his suitcase and proposed on the Ferris wheel. And so, and I, yeah. So this here, my suspicion about this relationship, I felt like after we see the conclusion, because it's not really much to conclude, was everything that I thought it would be. Um, when I see somebody like Quay, in my opinion, Quay don't look all right. And, you know, if Quay wanted to give me some time or some day, I would give him the time in the day and the night in the morning and the afternoon and in lunch. But. And when I look at somebody like Chevelle, not saying that Chevelle is like, you know, she's pretty everyone. She's a queen in her own right. But my issue is, is like sometimes when you see these couples like Sean and Destiny, like they don't look like they go together. Like there's like, you know, there's something more to it. And when I see a woman like Chevelle and I see somebody like Quay, for me, it's like, ugh, like there's something to it. But for me, it's even something more deeper to it. So anyway, they are engaged. They're happy. Uh, Quay, uh, Chevelle's cousin ain't happy about it. They, um, they fight in a hotel. Quay was turning me on in that fight. Cause Quay, listen, Quay wasn't no punk. The cousin pushed, like the cousin walked up on him. Quay pushed him. Quay was like, I'm here for all the heat in the smoke well i mean he did fall because he pushed him and he wasn't like expected to be pushed but quay 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 didn't stay on the ground though he wasn't no punk he didn't stay like you know he you know he wasn't no punk so so it girl listen so they get back home and quay tells his mom that they're engaged she's not happy uh chevelle tells her mom they're engaged she's like girl you don't even know this man what are you doing and again and these Six episodes, uh, we see Chevelle in two Range Rovers. Who's paying for that? And then in this final scene, we see uh, Chevelle's in like a new, new, new house uh, with Quay. I'm like, oh, okay, this is nice. This is in the apartment complex. This is this is not the uh, the other house that you had your dinner at, but this is a new house. But whatever. So we know that Chevelle went on a date with this other guy who, in my opinion, like that was like staged and fake. Um, but the guy messages uh, Chevelle while she's like, you know, dropping my Ela off with her mom and Quay sees it. And Quay's reaction to that kind of caught me off surprise. It's like, first of all, and he like a big, Big firestorm came for that. But my thing is like, Quay, you actually like cheated on Chevelle. They get into this big fight, which for me is like, it's not warranted. The police come and to my surprise, you know, the police were ready to press charges against Quay for breaking that phone. And Chevelle didn't want no parts of it. She didn't want, you know, to press any charges. And I'm like, I'm not surprised. Given the climate of our society right now, even though she right. was mad at him, I know that regardless, she is not going to have another black man in the news or being down like he has been since he was 17 years old. I wasn't surprised that she was resistant to the car. And I could tell she didn't feel comfortable. She was like, she didn't want to roll down her window, nothing. And I'm glad the producer stepped in. I mean, I have to be honest, like in that situation, I wouldn't be trying to roll down the window either. So. Right. But I, I was too. And what caught me off guard was that Quay, given the situation, you're on parole, you just got out of jail, these police are clearly trying to get you arrested, and Chevelle still 
hold you down. Right after that, you're still mad. You still want to leave. You're still fighting. He's like getting all of his stuff. He has nowhere to go. He's walking up the street. Chevelle is chasing after him. And it's in that chase that for me, I got all the tea that I needed to know. And that, and, and when she's walk, like chasing him, she's like, I bought the clothes that you got on. I did this. Why would you do me like this? And Quay says to her, I made you. And for me, I'm like, well, how can he make her if Chevelle is like, I put all this money into you. But 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 for me, what that was saying is that I made you in the sense that I made you a star in this show. I agreed to participate in this. I, th- that's what I got from it. His his when he was saying, I'm done with this. Get me out of here. I'm done. And was like getting in the car ready to leave. For me, that was showing me that, OK, you don't really live here. You're only at this house to shoot a scene. And like you're saying you're done with this. So for me, I was reading into it like he doesn't want to film anymore. He doesn't want to be a part of this. This is what I feel like. I feel like I feel like some of these people just go on the show for a storyline. We know Chevelle wants to be a singer. You, you know all of this so so I we know that because in the beginning her mom said that they gave that producer ten thousand dollars and they never got their money back girl I pulled the receipts and so I feel like for him for him to have been in jail since 17 doesn't have a dollar to his name doesn't have a pot to piss in for him to say that he made you like clearly he can't be talking about monetary things he has to be talking about this show and for him to be like get me out of here I want to go I'm done filming like that for me I was reading like I made you into like who you are right now in this show and you are like and 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 that's what I got and then for Chevelle to like be so upset like yeah like he's pulling the cards out and revealing like this is fake and I feel like that's why she was so upset I do feel like she loved him I do feel like she promised him a like let's go on the show we can make it big because I've shared like you know I got my own little pen pal you know Danny and when I asked I like just you know when we would talk I would talk about love after lockup and how he would tell me that they actually post like like information in the jail about this show so it's like People use this as a come up. And like, you know, Danny was like, we should do it. Never in a million years. Now, mind you, I would do it if I was really in love with somebody. But never in a million years would I play myself like that. Because it's like, I can't control what you're going to record. And what's like, no. So I feel like he pulled the wool over Chevelle's eyes. And like, that's why she was so upset. Now, I do. My heart went out to Chevelle because it's like, yeah, girl, he literally played you. Like, played you, hunty. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things where, you know, we've talked about this all season long about how what is it that is having these people that are on the outside reaching out to people that are on the inside. And I feel for Chevelle because I do feel that sometimes in these situations, broken people do look for people that are on the inside, because when you're on the inside, you have to give all your attention to that person. You are that person's everything. And I think that she was duped by him. She was played by him. She did buy all the clothes, the car. Like she said, I had a red carpet laid out for you. But I also think that now at this point, being the woman that she is, being that she is independent, strong, a mother, that now it's time to move forward. And You know, you know, her cousin is going to be like, I told you so, but maybe that's what she needs to hear to move forward and heal from the situation and not backtrack and try to find another inmate or somebody else that she can feel important to. She's already important to her daughter. She's a great mother. She has a great family unit. And I just think she needs to move forward with that and let Quay, who is still essentially a 17 year old boy, 
live his life and, right. and grow up and be the man that he needs to grow into. And, you know, we did see at the end there that he was able to still have a relationship with Miela, but I, I just think that... I think that that's weird. I, I, I agree. Like, I agree. However... Like, I, I just feel like, honestly, Chevelle, if you want to move on from Quay, you need to cut ties with him and Maeve. I do feel that if Chevelle moves on or Quay moves on, that that relationship will fizzle. I do think that. Like, there's no way that Chevelle is going to get married to somebody else and they're going to be stepdaddy to the baby. And then Quay is still going to be coming back. Like, that's not going to work. And, I mean, the fact that it said they're, they're, they're now talking again, like, in what capacity? Like, I don't get it. Are they going to be on the next season? What is it? Yeah, I, like, yeah. And if they are on the next season, it will be like Quay trying to rekindle something and, and have another girlfriend on the side. My advice for Chevelle is keep it moving, sis. You got your 15 minutes of fame. Use this, take this, and keep it moving. And protect your daughter. Like, although her and Quay might have a bond, like, like it, it, he not her daddy at the end of the day. So it's like, the like yeah, so that's just what I got to say. And if she keeps him in Mayela's life, it will only be for selfish reasons. But keeping it moving um we'll go to shane and lacy and john now this episode and like you know the last six episodes that we haven't covered um lacy is pregnant you know she's really trying to you know uh make things work with shane john reaches out to her she doesn't want any parts of john and we really like i, I feel like this season we see more of john than lacy and shane and Sh- shane is like really protective over lacy in the sense like you have my child i don't want john coming in here and you know you and I talked about like how I feel like creepy weed TV continues to show John in these creepy modes of like always pulling up to the house always like kind of like spying on her but in these last couple of episodes I will say my heart of empathy did open up for John in the sense that I felt like we know that John's an addict and like you know we know that like his drug of choice is meth and alcohol uh however I feel like John and John shared his story about after he got out you know he's really trying to like be sober and that Lacey is a toxic person for for him however he's in love with her and he still wants to go down that road and so for me that kind of like I was able to look at it through John's lens and I I I felt empathy for him and I could you know sympathize with him and even more when he opened up about the fact that he's on methadone it really took me back to like when i worked at a psychiatric hospital and there were so many people that would come on methadone methadone is a a drug that they use for people that have opioid addictions methadone is a blocker so it essentially will block the now i'm probably saying this all wrong but it blocks your like antennas so that like you can't get high but it also kind of sort of like gives you the feeling of being high so it's not like you're on opioids but it, it, it's kind of like you weaning off because you weaning off opioids yourself like you could literally die so it's like you know it's a process and some people stay on methadone forever and that's kind of like the that's kind of like the catch-22 with methadone why some people don't like methadone is because like you je- you stay on it forever and I know through my experience working at a psychiatric hospital people can still get high off of methadone and they abuse methadone so it's like it's this weird thing but what i was like interested to see was that i from working at the psychiatric hospital and forming some relationships with people that i would see always coming in they they always shared like you don't really get to see the side effects of methadone sometimes you don't really get a good dose and it really kind of like affects your body and we really got to see john like throwing up and really talking about that so i my heart really empathized for uh 
John and that like you know he might be addicted to meth and alcohol but he's also addicted to Lacey and that's another like unhealthy relationship that he needs to break and at one of my where my heart really opened up for him was that when he found out that Lacey was the one that called the cops on him because the daddy Lacey's dad John pulled like and mind you I listen I am here for Lacey dad John because he might be of a certain age but listen I you know propense posse cover your ears because I might give Lacey dad John some but I like the fact that Lacey's dad was not in Lacey's life all the time, but he is currently in her life now and really wants the best for her. And he had enough of John coming up and, you know, uh, pulling up to Lacey. So he said, I'm going to pull up to John and I'm going to let John know what's up. Now, even though I feel like in a fight, John probably would beat Lacey dad behind, but Lacey dad wasn't scared. Lacey dad pulled up to his house and was like, leave my daughter alone. Like, and if we need to fight, we can fight. And so John was like I just want to know did she call the cops on me that night and Lacey's dad is like absolutely he's like she's got three kids to protect like absolutely she's calling the cops on you and so John really kind of wanted to give us the sympathy story like I can't believe that she did that well John you were on meth you were driving to her house you showed up unannounced like what else do you expect and I really felt like that probably gave him the closure that he was looking for um, in that moment so in reality I felt like Lacey's dad who, for my opinion, has had a past. And I felt like, although he came to him his house on some rah-rah, I really felt like he came to him man-to-man, like, leave my daughter alone. Get yourself together, brother. Leave my daughter alone. And, whoo, I can't tell you what that did for me, for Lacey Dad. But I, I really felt like that really empowered uh John and and in that moment John wanted to go use he was like on his way to the his spot where he always goes to get drunk he called his sponsor and shout out to his sponsor who pulled up with ice cream and was like let's talk and for me I'm like I know this show is like you know our kiki kaka and like you know it's like ooh like you know it's our drama but in that moment I was like wow we TV is really doing a good job of showing someone in recovery and what it's like and it's not just this easy thing of you need to stop using, uh, stop this pattern. Sometimes it's not the drugs. Sometimes it's the toxic relationships that we continue to put ourselves in that spiral. I just really felt like in that moment they did a great job of showing what the cycle is and showing steps to breaking the cycle. Showing the fact that, you know, I always say use your village, use your support system, lean on your friends, lean on people that are around you. And in that moment, he really leaned on his sponsor and his sponsor really showed up for him and so I was like really like in that moment I was like go John go no I agree and I I feel like I've always sort of rooted for John and felt bad about the situation that he has been in with Lacey I do think they have too much history together I think that uh, Lacey's dad is just being protective of his family I think that he recognizes that Shane is young but that he stepped up in a role to be a father to Lacey's kids that she already has and the future child that they, they just had Um, and yeah, I think, I think it is, it's, it was the closure that John needed and also the closure that they all needed. I mean, we see John write this letter to Lacey, you know, saying that this is closure. This is my final goodbye to you. But Lacey says that this is a pattern that John has done this before. So I do hope that, you know, we see him have this new relationship. I hope that he can move forward. And I do hope that there is no slide back because we have seen, 
Lacey's father say that this has sort of been a pattern with Lacey. She dates guys, they have children together, and then unfortunately, for whatever reason, it doesn't work out. Now, I think with Shane that it's it's a little bit different because I don't I think that Shane is somebody that has proven to be somebody that will fight for his family. Um, so I do think that we will see them on the next season. I do think that the John story is done for now, but that it will be a pop-up of like, Oh, absolutely. I'm absolutely. back or like this and that. But for the time being, yes. I, I also think that like in that moment of the whole methadone and all that, you know, there was a realization of like, this is it. This is my final goodbye to her for real, for real. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful for healing on both sides. No, absolutely. And we see that Lacey gives birth to her daughter, Summer Rain, and they are working on their family. Now, mind you, you know, Lacey is a friend of the show. Shout out to my girl. Uh, but I'm going to keep it real in the sense that I do feel like a part of the problem is Lacey in the sense. Like, we've seen her. We've been following her for two years now. And we've seen in this two years now that, like, if she gets mad at Shane, her revenge is to go back with John. And I feel like that I hope... For Lacey's sake, you know, when she got the letter from John that he wrote, she threw it out in the trash and was just like, this is a pattern. I really want him to get well. I just hope that in the future, she does not reignite that flame in John when she's mad at Shane. So my hope is that her and Shane work through their issues and get it together. But also speaking of another dynamic couple is Puppy and Amber. Now, y'all know me. I've not been a fan of Puppy, given everything with her and Vince, her and Puppy. And now we see this new man or he's actually an old old man Alex in uh, Amber's life. However, I felt like when I was getting caught up on all of these episodes, I literally watched all six episodes yesterday. I turned my phone off. Lauren was calling me. I wasn't answering her because I was getting caught up. I will say this is that I admired Amber in the sense that she is like, you know, she was in this relationship with puppy. Um, she's staying at puppy's mom's house and, you know, they talked about getting out, but you know, Amber struggles with her sexuality. And that's like, you know, and I feel like a lot of the times I'm super hard on her because I am, because I sometimes feel like I'm in those relationships. I, in my lifetime, I've dealt with relationships where people are not comfortable with their sexuality and they kind of string the other person, i.e. me and puppy along. And so that's like, really, I feel like what was my issue for Amber in that sense. However, we see that puppy gets out amber really kind of helps her sets her up with a job and we see again another issue of the cycle which again i feel like in these last six episodes we tv has done a really good job of showing people that are that struggle in this drug and alcohol and mental health field and we see that like puppy had is struggling and she probably is a, a codependent on amber and she really needs to find her own two feet but for me one of the the more interesting things about puppy is that she got this job we know that she is struggling with alcohol and she's drinking all the time but for me puppy lost a really large amount of weight in a short time and you know amber's mom you know the queen pen comes in town and visits and you know she says to puppy are you drinking and are you just being a full-out alcoholic and puppy's like just a part-time but for me and i've I, i've dealt with it i've been around addiction my whole life in my work field and in my family and i know that like the amount of weight that amber a puppy has lost in this short amount of time is not from alcohol mostly with alcohol people will gain weight or they'll gain like a belly like th this weight loss in my opinion is coming from another substance but they don't really touch on that but we really see amber i mean we really see puffy spiraling and this is where i felt like amber 
won me over in the sense that, you know, there was issues with Vince and they were trying to like, you know, get this adoption thing done and they wanted to go to Las Vegas to handle it with Vince. Amber really ain't really want no parts of it. Amber is also in this other relationship with this guy named Alex who was a, a Sammy. See, I don't know why I'm calling him Alex. Um, Child, I'm probably thinking about A-Rod and J-Lo, but ooh, that's another story. Um, and Alex was a part of her past. They were in a relationship. They broke up. They had a, a toxic relationship. And anyway, but I say that to say that Amber really came to the epiphany that I love puppy. I'm always going to love puppy. But guess what? I got to choose myself in this situation. And I can't worry about you more than you worry about yourself. And if I continue down this road for you, I might relapse in the sense of going back to the going back to a road that I don't want to go to. And honestly, for me, I don't want to go back. And this job that I have is the best thing ever for me. And it's giving me it's giving me a sense of stabilization and home. And ultimately, Amber chooses herself. She moves out of puppy's house. She is on her own. And I in that moment, I really was proud of Amber. But at the same time, I really felt bad for puppy because I'm like, Ugh, she's struggling and going to continue to spiral. She is struggling, but she does have to find her own footing amber didn't have she did have a place and a roof over her head with puppy's mom but she didn't have somebody holding her hand and at the end of the day it's not amber's responsibility to do so that's not her lover that's her friend but they're not together so i think ultimately puppy is gonna like have to fall and hit her own rock bottom in order to move forward in whichever way that she needs to move forward. I mean, her mom is sick, like she's older. She needs to make sure that she's doing what she needs to do for herself and for her family. And Amber is choosing herself and that was the right thing to do. Now, I don't know that Amber is necessarily doing the right thing and choosing Sammy because yes, we see Sammy cry and they have this great moment, but they do have a tumultuous history. So I don't know that Amber running you know she does say like i'm apprehensive to get to get back into the situation but we do see them exchanging i love yous and 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 love and on all this stuff and so i don't know if she's just moving from one toxic situation to the next to another, and right. she is stable however again it, it goes back to this codependency because puppy was looking to amber to help me help me sammy is looking to amber help me help me like it's just people constantly leaning on her and eventually she's gonna fall right back in and she already has enough with her mom being in the in the in the scene like it's just a lot so i hope she can stay sober and and stay focused on what she's been doing because she has been doing good without sammy or puppy and i feel for puppy but i want puppy to get better for herself and another thing that i just want to comment on amber is that like yeah i don't know if whether or not alex is the appropriate per- person for Amber. Sammy, what girl, I- who is Sam- Alex? G- girls, Sammy! <laughs> um, I like the way you look at me. Yeah, I, I like the Okay, now I got Sammy in my head. Yes. I won't forget Sammy. But this is what I will say about Amber before we move to the next people. Is that... Although I, I'm not sure if I like the way you is Sammy is good for her. What I will say is that I was actually kind of like, oh, okay, Amber... She had her walls up. She didn't just let, like, Sammy come in and, like, she was putting very clear boundaries up. And I was like, wow, I like that. She put very clear boundaries up with Puffy. She put very clear boundaries up with Vince. She put very clear boundaries up with Sammy. And that was also, like, the thing that I did not like about Amber originally was, like, you got all these walls up for people that are trying to love you. But ultimately, we see that these walls are up to protect herself, to maintain her, like, her on the straight and narrow. So I, I, I do have to say, I'll take 
the majority of what I said back, Amber, and that I, I, I was proud to see you kind of sort of move on. Now, we can very briefly touch on uh, Lamar and Andrea because nothing really much happened with Lamar and Andrea. Um, we know that, and, and again, I always say this, Lamar and Andrea, for me, are, they are a real couple. They are a... They're just the real deal on here. Like, she's really married to him. She really left at, like, oh, oh, I don't even know where she left. Uh, Utah to come to LA. And I, I, Andrea has a lot of ish with her. But what this is what I will say is that despite her ish with her, she does love Lamar. And this, I will also say this. I really do think Lamar loves Andrea. And, you know, and, and that's all I really got to say about them is that, like, you know, she had a birthday party. Some of her friends came that were kind of judgy. She kind of blew up with them. But ultimately, she had a birthday party. Lamar was there. She invited Shantae, um, his his daughter. And, I mean, I, I, I just want to continue to see Lamar and Andrea in their story. That's all I got to say because ain't nothing really happened. They like they stayed together. They moved to L.A. She had her issues with him about some things, you know, but she continued to work through. And I, I will say that although I do feel like she per- parentifies Tennyson and her other daughter a lot, I do think that they are a good balance for her and they, they like they keep her their mom in check sometimes. Yeah, no, I think I think all the kids are intelligent. I can't wait to see next season them in Ghana. It's gonna be crazy. I do think that We TV, like you said, is touching on some issues that need to be spoken about, whether it be in the Mormon community, whether it be about methadone use or rehab or whatever. I think that they really are touching on things that are important and it is important for people to know how walking to the mailbox in Watts is different than walking to the mailbox for whatever reason in Utah. Um, so I, I did like that discussion. And I think that it's important for Andrea's friends to see how people live and how differently people live, but can still be strong in their faith, whatever that faith may be. Uh, but yeah, I'm definitely excited to see them in Ghana. It's going to be a whole mess, but, but in the best way. Right. And then we are on to the last, but certainly not least, Mike and Sarah. You mean Mrs. And, Michael? You uh, mean Mrs. Child, Mrs. Michael? Child. And this what is what I would say. And I, I'm going to probably give some tough love into Sarah because, again, like I've been saying this whole time, it's a game for Michael. And when Michael wants Sarah, he, he has Sarah. We've seen her this whole season, you know, dating a new guy, Malcolm, not wanting to, like, you know, trying to go for child support, trying to get this divorce. And then the second that Michael wants to move back in, she allows him under, and she, in her mind, and I truly believe this, that under her mind, it's under the pretenses of, we've got kids, so I've always got to be there for him. No, you don't. And you are, I don't want to be disrespectful, but girl, you, you're playing with fire. And guess what? The only person that's getting burnt is you and these kids. So we see Michael move back in. They are, Michael continues to like, continues to spit this. We're married, but we're in an open relationship. I can do me. You could do you and we can do us whenever we want to do us. But really, no, Michael, it's you doing you, you sabotaging whatever Sarah is doing and you wanting to play house whenever you want to play house. So Michael and Sarah are back having sex. They're back living this, like this dream for two weeks. Michael says he has to go back home. He goes away, has no contact with Sarah for a whole week or two weeks, comes back and puts a ring on Sarah's finger and Sarah says yes and 
you know, like, girl, what? what? Like, I mean, like, she says she had to think about it, but whatever. But she puts the, case, the ring on. She puts the this, ring this, on, this, this is the truth of the matter. The truth is, Michael is manipulative. This, the, also, I will say that Sarah... I think is trying to toy around with the idea of this open marriage because we see her meet up with Malcolm and essentially say, do you want to do this sort of, you know, we hook up, no strings attached sort of thing. And Malcolm is like, hell no, I'm not doing that. Like, because at the end of the day, he does have respect for Sarah, which I think Michael is severely lacking. And we see that in his behavior towards her. However, I think that if Sarah wants to play with her feelings and be naive to how Michael is going to be and allow him to leave and come back and do this and that and say, I'm grown and this, then let her be grown. Let her do that because at the end of the day, she is the one that is going to have to deal with when Michael finally decides to just be done. Children. And And that's true. That's her and her children. Like, and again, here's my thing. I don't blame Michael. I don't. I like in, in this situation, the person that I put the fault on is Sarah. And this is why Michael has shown us who the hell he was since season one. He ain't never changed. He's never varied. He's shown us who he was. And it's like, you know, oh, Sarah crying about this. Oh, he's doing that. He don't call the kids. Oh, I'm paying for his cell phone. He got all these girls calling like, like. You see it and you continue to allow it. Then you use the pretense that, oh, he doesn't call the kids. The kids always get upset. Well, listen, when are you going to say, you know what? I'm not, I'm tired of my kids. Because again, let's talk about generational, uh, like this cycle. And what do you think you are showing your kids this, this type of relationship that daddy can come and go whenever he wants. You can cry about daddy. You could be upset about daddy. You cuss daddy out. But then when daddy comes back, he can come back and do whatever he wants. Like, no, you need to be like Amber and set very clear boundaries. And guess what? Ultimately, if the bound, if he can't follow the boundaries, then guess what? He doesn't have access to his kids. And I I know that that would be sad and upsetting, but you what's what would be sad and upsetting is if you continue to allow this type of and this is abuse essentially. It's like emotional abuse. abuse. I truly believe. I truly believe with her specifically, and I this is not an excuse, but it's it's one of those things where right now she cannot see the effects of which this situation no, is having, can. and I think I think that she does recognize like okay. I'm playing daddy. I'm having to pretend to be daddy on the, on the phone and all those things are hurting her. But again, there is no guide to being a parent and I'm not a parent. I think with Sarah, she is trying to enough. Enough is enough. Enough is enough. No. And I think, I think eventually, I don't know when it's going to be, whether it be when the girls are 10, 15, 20, I don't know, but there's going to have to be some breaking point where she is going to have to come to this conclusion. And I don't know if it's going to be her finding another guy or whatever, that this is just not healthy. But until she makes that decision, Michael is still going to have a home with her. He knows that. And you're right. At this point, Michael has proven to be who he is. She knows who he is. She's watched the show. She's seen him go back and forth with Maria and whoever this other girl is in Detroit like what are you doing and then I thought she was pregnant at one point I know and that's the thing but I also think too like with Sarah she also has to protect herself and her health like who are these women that Michael is just out and about sleeping with that that, that's uh, another thing and yeah and so ultimately it's like you know Michael comes back, he proposes, and child, the Weed TV is shady. They said two weeks after the after he stayed there, he left New York and is back with Maria, the same Maria that got him arrested in Miami. And so it's like, yeah, Sarah, at this point, 
You got to do what's best for you. I just want to see all of these women, the Megans, the Marias, the all these women to recognize that Michael is using them. And at the end of the day, he does not have anything to offer but what's between his legs. And he is getting everything that he has from other women that are just like you. So no, Megan moves no, on. We need Sarah no. to move on. We need Maria to... We need all these women to do the same because I don't get it with Michael. I just don't see it. Shout it. It's, it's not, not Michael, Michael, honey. It's, it's the, the devil. devil. It's the it's devil. devil penis, penis. Okay? Well, they can find something else because that, that ain't it. That ain't it. And that really concluded this, uh, you know, the season finale of Life After Lockup. I'm so sad that it's over because, you know, I I live for it. I like you know. I get to I get to be a social worker. I get to be a friend. I get to be a counselor, and most importantly, I get to talk to Lauren Ashley Beck about it. So I'm sad this is coming to an end. But we know that WeTV is going to keep pumping these out. So hopefully, when Life After Lockup comes back in the summer, we can get our girl Lauren Ashley Beck back. Lauren, it's been so amazing talking to you these past couple of months, and I just can't wait until I can have you back. I cannot wait to come back. Thank you so much. For for having me on all season long. You know I love me some love after lockup, some jailbirds, and I'm excited to see who we get introduced to next season and then how the rest of our OGs play out. Yes, before we go, let the Purple Pants Posse know where they can follow you, you and what you up to. You can follow me on all platforms at Lauren Ashley Beck. I'm up to a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Bryce and I might have something coming for you. We don't know. We got to cook something up. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy talking with you, and um, I hope you guys have enjoyed listening. Yes, well, we'll chat with you. Well, we'll we'll write you from writerprisoner.com. Yes, please. I'm on on the site. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus It's a casual tea with Amon and B. It's a casual tea with Amon and B. It's a casual tea with Amon and B. It's a casual tea. And 
we are back this week with the casualty with Aman and B. Welcome back to the podcast, Aman. I'm so excited to have you. The casualty is becoming a favorite of the fans, of the listeners, and especially of me. It is a favorite of mine, too. Hello. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me back, Bryce. And thank you, everybody else, for listening to me gab for a half hour into your ears as you're doing whatever you're doing. Going to work, you know, going to school, doing chores, doing laundry, shopping, whatever it is. Hi. I hope it's a good day for you. Yes. And <laughs> if not, it's about to get a lot better because it's the casual tea. I mean, tea. it just... Uh, here, see? Bitch, see, I'm trying to have a good. Uh, <laughs> Bitches was practicing and ready. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, Paula, Simon. <laughs> okay. I stayed in my range, okay? I stayed in that alto. But. It's really like, I mean, I, I love the casual tea because it's a place that, it's a safe place for us to have meaningful conversations. And, you know, the, the world just does not disappoint with the content. So, I, you know, it, it, it's been another crazy within the last two weeks. A lot of ish has stirred up. Um, but some of the things that are on the docket this week are the STEMI check. Okay. I know you talked about it maybe like two weeks ago, um, in the last casualty. So bitch, give us an update. What's the tea on the STEMI? Well, they finally did it. Uh, the, uh, American, I think it's called the American Rescue Plan Act was introduced a couple weeks ago by the, uh, by the Congress, or the, the House of Representatives, rather, and moved on to the Senate. The Senate approved it. Uh, Kamala Harris was indeed the tie-breaking vote. And then it was on uh, George, George, Joe Biden's oh, desk. What, what year are you in? <laughs> They're just blending together, I tell you. Um, it was on his desk, and he signed it on Friday. And so that shit is law now, so that's coming with a bunch of stuff. The... The stimulus checks for 1400 I think it's like $2 billion in vaccination efforts. Um, a bunch of money getting put uh, towards our school systems to make sure that we can reopen safely for our kids. Um, I think it's also giving you 3000 to parents per per child. But it's not going to be like 3000 in lump sum. I think it's like 3000 over a period of time. And that's per child. So, yeah, if you got like five kids, that's what, $15,000? Child, and then you um, know the Ma the Mari show uh, Instagram <laughs> was all up in the comments talking about. I bet you he looked like your child now. If you need these DNA <laughs> tests, I said, who is running? I know the that's Mari right. Page? They better fucking capitalize on the moment. <laughs> they better get in there. <laughs> it's for me. It's funny because I, in my mind, I imagine Mari actually like writing the tweets, but it's not. I, it clearly is not Mari. Like it clearly, can you imagine yeah. Mari up there sitting up there with his glasses on, typing away? Like, yeah, yeah I bet you that look that, that that's that child now. Look at you that daddy nose. Now. It's the nose, Mari. It's the nose. <laughs> uh, same lip, same nose, okay. same eye. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's crazy. For me, what I thought was most interesting was that, like, the bill was only, like, uh, passed by Democrats. Like, no Republican yep. support. Yeah. And for me, it, I don't, I, I just feel like, and, and the polls that I've looked at um, throughout the week, it is a, you know, 
Democratic voters and Republican voters, voters both support the bill as in like their constituents. So I'm just confused as to why there is no Republican support. Um, and again, I, I really do feel like the, the disgraced president still has a hold on the base. And I really feel that people fear that if they do support it, then the, the former president will unleash his raft on on that person and they are scared to lose their seat but i just am like but if but Democratic- it's wild to me because these same the these republican senators or whoever that are voting against it uh because they believe what you just said that trump is gonna you know he's like the boogeyman over there he's gonna come and get you and you're not gonna be able to run next year your constituents are still going to gobble that 1400 up. I don't care if they are the richest of the rich or the poorest of the poor. They are going to take that 1400 and be like, all right, thanks. See you next time. Like, no, like, I don't, I really feel like none of these constituents are like out here saying, no, we don't want that $1,400. We don't want it. Screw that money. So like, you're playing yourself, really, if they really feel like that. Like, you're, cause you're, the people that you're, that you're serving are taking that money and they're doing whatever they want with it. Like, it's, right. And again, it's this this the way this the system is set up. It's as if like they want the poor to stay poor and the rich to stay rich, and it's just unfair. And I like you know for the constituents that really need it, like we talked about it before, to reopen schools. To reopen schools would be an amazing thing, especially if we can do it safely. People can then now get back to work and not worry about childcare and just so many other things, and people to get vaccinated, and you know for our economy really to like get back to booming. But. I don't know. Another thing that I thought was interesting about the stimulus check is that uh, on Twitter and specifically black Twitter, they had renamed uh, President Joe Biden to Moneybags Joe. And um, it that just took a whole life of itself because there's a rapper uh, called Moneybags. And so it, yeah, it just was funny. People are excited for this money. And um, as they should be, you know, we, we yeah. pe- people got food to put on the table they have housing to secure and you know especially i didn't realize in the beginning of the stimulus that like when you would get the stimulus check um that when we first got the first 1500 i'm like you know i mean i guess that's a, like enough but i did not realize that it's like per child so if you got five child five chillings then yep. that that money really can make a difference because i was it always really thinking does. like what what is 1400 1500 gonna do for a parent but the more I, I read into it and then you know when i saw my my friends with kids and i was like oh okay this makes more sense and you know rightfully so they, they need to be able to protect themselves and their children during this time and it, it's really been a rough time for people out here um, Shit, I'm about to start running a pregnancy scam. Uh, child. Like, you know they already do. But see, this was my question that I had to, like, text my cousin. Because, you know, people, and, and, you know, not to mention it's income tax time and the STEMI check time. Child, them crab legs and shrimp is going to be gone. Okay? <laughs> Honestly, my favorite part about this whole thing was the Twitter jokes. I've been, see- I've been seeing so many direct deposit jokes, like stuff like... <laughs> Direct deposit, 1400 Me at Disney HQ. Bring me yeah. the mouse, man. Oh, frozen yeah. head. I saw somebody like, uh, direct deposit uh, into my bank, me, at uh, T-Mobile. I want to speak to T, please. Bring T, bring T out. I need to speak to her. But Me yeah. at five, guys. Make it six. <laughs> <laughs> ah! 
Yes, it's crazy. I just am glad that we are able to kind of sort of laugh at it. Or not laugh at it, but just be able to to just make, make light, light of, of the, the situation. situation. Yeah. But my question is, you know, with the income tax time, and you know, people love to claim other people's kids to make their check more bigger. My question is, if you claim somebody else's kids, right? Do you still get your stimulus check for your child or does the person that claimed your kids get the stimulus check for your child? That's what I was like wondering, because I don't know about where y'all from. But in Philly, it's like during tax season. It's a money bag for people to be claiming other people's kids to increase their check. So you mean like you mean like so say if you had parent. Yes. So say if you yourself had three kids and I'm like your brother and I'm Mm -hmm. like, let me claim little doo doo man um, on my taxes because, (laughs) you know, I'm out here struggling and you're like, all right, whatever. Go ahead. And then I claim little doo doo man on my taxes. And now the stimulus hits. Do I get the stimulus for little doo-doo man or do you still get the stimulus for all three of your children? It's really the question that I'm like so curious to know. I feel like the IRS will do their damnedest to make sure that, you know, like they, they'll just check your history. Like what have your tax returns been saying? How many kids have you been claiming over the past couple of years? Are you all of a sudden claiming dependence on your thing? All of a sudden? I feel like that's that, that's probably going to be the fail safe. I would think. But I mean, well, I mean, I have heard stories of people that I know that have been scamming the unemployment <laughs> office and the IRS listen, and making thousands listen, and thousands of dollars during listen. this pandemic. So I would not put it past not one bitch to figure out a way to claim as many kids. They could have an orphanage. As and far let as me, they and, and let's just talk about the PUA money, okay? And again, I can only talk about what I know from my place in Philadelphia. Who, okay? People out here with this PUA money have been making money. Now, mm-hmm. for instance, I know, like, you know, I have a full-time job and I have a part-time job. I was kind of, like, furloughed from my part-time job, which I ain't even mad because, listen, I'm enjoying my time. And I knew somebody that was, like, um, they had a full-time job and a part-time job, and they were able to collect unemployment for their part-time job. And they were like, yeah, you can, too. I was like, really? But So, listen, I, I won't go pass up no free money, but I ain't just going to go on the, like, and claim, like, so I did my due diligence and I spent probably two weeks every morning getting up at seven o'clock in the morning calling the irs and waiting on hold for like three hours and so one day i finally got somebody and i was like talking to the representative and i'm like hi i was furloughed from my part-time job and i was just curious if i was able to collect benefits and so they was like i mean essentially it was a lady and essentially she was like so you got furloughed from your full-time job i'm like well no i have a full-time job and my part-time job got furloughed and she's like so your full-time job is you're still working your full-time job i'm like yes she's like the answer is no i'm like oh okay i'm like but i know people and she was like just trust and believe baby boy that be due to the situation the system is processing like you know if you type in the right you know a b c d it will approve she's like but rest assured that when all of this is over whether it's two mm-hmm. years, three years, or four years, the IRS is going to be coming back for their money. And I was like, <laughs> I said, say no more, sis. Say no more. She was more. like, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. 
<laughs> right. Because like at, at she that had one a point, warning. Oh my she God. had a warning. And at, you know, at one point in time, I'm like, you know, I, I could use the extra money. And so like, but I didn't want to like, I don't, you know, I don't do no fraud. It's not worth it. No, 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 no. It's, it's not, not worth it. But if I was eligible, then I would like, you know, I would want it. But I mean, I didn't think that I would be. But I mean, I was furloughed from one of my part-time jobs due to the pandemic directly. So... But yeah, so I just say that to say all them people that's listening, they didn't, and I know yep. people that got like 20,000. I'm like, oh I know, God. exactly. That, exactly. Like they are making money. Like they went from, you know, being flat broke to, you know, stacks. And yeah, I mean, one of my uh, former coworkers said the same thing. He was like, because a lot of us, like when I, because I was working part time at a restaurant as well. And then we started to go back into the restaurant during like the end of summer months. Um, some of some of our coworkers didn't come back because they were like, "Why would I go back when I'm making all this money on unemployment?" And one of my coworkers was like, "I mean, something like I've I've been through something similar before where I was on unemployment and I was able to make more than I should have been making, and then all of a sudden, like maybe a few months later, I started getting all of these mailings mm-hmm. from the IRS. They were like, they they want the money back. Okay, so Listen. yeah, there are plenty of people that are out here just having a time of their life, but the, they gonna come knocking. And the, they gonna the come one knocking. thing about the IRS is they're going to get their money. Like the okay. IRS is not, it's not like one of your little friends down the street that's like just hand me back when I see. Like no, it's you're getting they go, things are getting garnished. Like they will go into your bank account, they will grab okay. it, and if it's not there, they will come and collect something else of yours okay. that is of value. So they, you, you won't you won't get no stimmy check, you won't get no refund check. And mind you, I don't know if you've ever been audited. I was audited one time um, when I was like in like I think when I right out right after I got out of college. Um, I had like did my own taxes and I like and then they had I got audited I was like ooh child and this was maybe like three years after the thing and they audited me and they were like oh you owe us $357 I'm like really Uncle Sam (laughs) <laughs> 350 but I mean rest rest insure I, I definitely got a nice little letter on my doorstep that Uncle Sam was like hey bitch run me my coins and so I don't want no problems with the uncle or the Sam and so I was like you know I just pay my money but yeah I mean it, it's an interesting time because people are making a lot a lot a lot a lot of money but I'm just happy that the the package was approved even though it went from the house the house approved it then the senate approved it and then child the senate sent it back to the house I was like what the hell I thought after the house and the senate approved it it's good but they had to go back to the house because the house still had like some stipulations to work on and mm-hmm. they were able to approve it so i'm just glad for that now keeping the docket moving baby <laughs> baby so last week on the podcast i had broke down the royal interview with cousin harry and Meghan markle and oprah and like with the rest of the world you know we were all taken aback by you know the claims that Meghan was making i mean were we really taken aback because i mean it is great britain and they ran half the world for <laughs> hundreds of years you know uh like the reason why some people speak for it like you know they, like exactly. they was out here mm-hmm. they was out here calling us and doing all of this stuff so i mean when we really think about it it's not really a surprise um however a lot of people had a lot to say about it uh one being pierce morgan pierce morgan on his morning show good morning britain and he got a lot of slack uh on his comments and even the weatherman on his show had to (laughs) calmly 
and collectively gather him to the point that Pierce Morgan walked off of his show and the news came out that Pierce Morgan was no longer going to be working on the the show. Now, I don't know whether or not if he was let go or he quit or he, like I don't know the details surrounding that, but all I know is that he ain't there no more. And listen, I ain't complaining. I don't even watch the show, but I've seen enough of the clips. Now, he's always he's always making the news for some bullshit. Always for something that he's saying. So like I don't I, I, I as long as he's gone, I don't give Damn, I don't. So, I mean, the story doesn't even end there. So, the fallout of him took, you know, international news. And Sharon Osbourne, um, over there on the talk, she had some things, some choice words to say. And she took to Twitter to say that, you know, poor, poor, poor which uh, he, he smelled like poor. <laughs> well, but <pork>. Pierce. <laughs> Pierce Morgan um, gets paid for his opinion and that that's just what it is, his opinion, and I stand by him. And child, the world, the, the Twitter then attacked her, at, rightfully so. And then it took came to her TV show. She wanted to talk about it. And it really became this divisive conversation where I don't know if any of you seen the clips with um, actor and comedian Cheryl Underwood um, and her had this exchange. And in the exchange, and it's just like crazy right because we're talking about racism of a black woman and here Sharon Osbourne a white woman is like literally if you watch the video her tone towards Sharon Underwood um horrible but this white woman is basically telling Cheryl like I don't see what it is tell me what I have done tell me why you think that's right like you know going at Cheryl Mm. and let me just say cool tools to Cheryl Underwood because if anybody knows that Cheryl Underwood she's evolved she's on a road to a better Cheryl and Cheryl is known for her like she's a comedian and so she got she can clap back and she respectfully in the same I I felt like the same voice that the weatherman gathered Pierce Morgan explained (laughs) to her microaggressions and as a black woman how she felt and for someone like Pierce Morgan to then belittle and make claims that it's not true is that's what makes it racist almost as if like a a woman comes out and says that she was sexually assaulted and then people come out and say oh nope nope it ain't true you ain't Mm -hmm. true like you know we would never stand for that ever ever Mm -hmm. ever 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 but here pierce morgan is sitting on his show mind you pierce morgan ain't in the firm pierce morgan ain't in the institution pierce morgan ain't in the royal palace pierce morgan is sitting at his little house minding his business seeing what we see so for him to come out and basically be like oh Megan Margo she just wants the attention this ain't real and then for a white woman like Sharon Osbourne to come out and support that uh, girl that's racist and she could not see it and then her tone to Cheryl was like I'm not racist I like you know and again this is a and I say this with love and I say this with respect it is not a black person's job to explain what racism is. 
It's just not our job. Like, you know, you might have people in your life that will do it, but like the way that Cheryl was demanding of, not Cheryl, the way Sharon was demanding and the way that Sharon weaponized her tears and was like, and you know, and when Cheryl was kind of sort of explaining it, she was getting a little teary eyed and Sharon was like, don't, don't, don't you cry. I'm the one that's crying. Like, uh, like again, making her the victim. I'm sorry. The last thing that I checked was that Markle, uh, Meghan Markle was the one feeling like she wanted to commit suicide. Meghan Markle's son was the one that was not granted a prince or a princess because of the color of his skin. Meghan Markle's son was the one that does not have security. Uh, Meghan Markle is the one that these headlines are coming out like saying disparaging things about her and her family is not doing anything about it. So I'm just confused as to how you, Sharon Osbourne, are now the one that is feeling like you, like we need to have sympathy for you. No, baby. That's not how it works. And how dare you? Okay? Child, your husband over there eating bats. Mom, mind the business that you keep. Whew. Sorry, I just had to let that go because that's been boiling up inside of me. And it's like, again, I just praise my sister, Cheryl Underwood, for taking the high road yes. because, and for me, it's just like, there are Dude, so many times. Real oh, real? And it should have. Baby, it couldn't have been me. It could not have been me. But I was so happy that this exchange happened in the sense that how many times has that happened in your life, Aman? How many times has that happened in my life where I feel because of the way that I've been brought up and the world that I live in that something has been like racist or something discriminatory has happened to me and I try to and somebody basically tells you no that didn't happen that ain't true and one you're not a person of color so so I I, I just I hope Mm -hmm. that in that it was a teaching learning lesson that sometimes people not of color um you 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 just have to sit back and listen and you got to take their word on it you would never say to a woman that says that she was sexually abused oh girl that didn't happen and you're going to make and and the person that is saying that then tries to turn it around and makes themselves the victim like you're not going to call me this because i'm like no never we we would never stand for that and we shouldn't stand for this behavior from sharon osborne you should know better and then of course she releases the statement oh to any of the people of color black people that i've heard i'm sorry i just was in my own feelings because I felt like I was attacked. Well, girl, why did you feel like you was attacked? You was the one that was supporting an attacker. All right, I'm yep. gonna be quiet. Yep. No, I mean, no, go off like that. I mean, that that. I mean, that's literally it. You know, like it's just the fact that we are having this conversation. Like, look, Pierce and Sharon have both been in show business for quite some time. They have ran in similar circles. They have hosted shows together. I think they were both judges on America's Got Talent at some point or another, right? So they have they've been friends for a long time. So on one end, I understand that it's hard to watch your friend royally, pun intended, royally f up on national television, and then have to like still have to be there for. I, I get it. Like I get. It. Like if I had but, seen somebody that I was but, really close to mess up on TV, I would want to come to their defense too. But sometimes, like but, as Cheryl told her, uh, y- you need to call them out. You know, like be 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 that friend to them and say like, yeah, you know what, Pierce, this is a little, this is a little, this is screwy. This is not cool. Or shut the hell up. 
Like if I exactly you know, exactly like in the exactly. sense that you and I are friends of mine. If I'm embroiled in some type of whatever, you know, I child the coffee creamers come get me and say that like you know, child, you've been you've been borrowing coffee for years and never paid it back, and it makes national headline news. Like you don't like you as my friend do not need to defend me like you can still like have love and respect for me and sit your ass out of it not make a yep. comment like and 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 that's all she had to do but again the entitlement is you know for me the entitlement i think what she what she just like was failing to understand was like a basic was a basic thing like she was looking for hardcore evidence that pierce was racist she was looking for the smoking gun she wanted an example of something that he like he she was basically saying did he have has he called her an n-word i haven't heard that so he's not racist Uh, right essentially uh, and this is coming from a woman that believes that she's not racist and that like you know what i mean again like we got we have a lot of learning to do but come on like megan got on tv and told oprah that a member of the royal family was having conversations about they were worried about how dark his skin would be come on and you mean to tell me that there was that she was not experiencing any racism from anywhere else it was just that one royal family member that was racist no one else in that entire circle was racist come the hell on so if she's sitting there telling you this telling you that they are literally having conversations saying that this baby is this baby might be a little bit too dark and they stripped that baby of a, of a birthright him being a prince they wouldn't give him a title they weren't protecting her come on like what else do you need and so for 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 pierce to skip over all of that and automatically be like this is so damaging i cannot believe that she would do this to, to the royal family like i get it the royal family is like one of the oldest institutions in the world hundreds of years old you got queen lizzie who i know is just tired and ready to go has been sitting on that throne for the long she's the longest reigning monarch in history i get it there's a lot of like pride with british people when it comes to the throne this is like their pride and joy i get it you don't want anybody coming for your queen i get it but sometimes people over there are effed up and that's okay to it's okay to talk about it it's okay to talk about it It doesn't make Meghan markle horrible for coming out and saying it and then to dismiss her shit it's just like why why and then to come to his defense and be like he didn't say anything racist he 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 pretty much just said screw her story screw her struggle screw the fact that that child has endured racism before it even got into the world screw all of that she's coming for the queen she's got to go who does that that's racist Right. When you, when, you, when you can't acknowledge that, when you can't, when you are more concerned about some old ass lady, no disrespect to the queen, when you're None. more concerned about that versus the, the the crap that that lady had to go through, and the, the, so much so that the, that her grandson decided to leave and mm. shack up at Tyler Perry's house. Child, Something's not obviously Medea. wrong if you were going to Tyler Perry for housing. Like I just not Medea's witness protection. Okay, <laughs> no, I can't. And if you listen to the interview, Amon, oh they were nothing but respectful and showed honor to the queen. Okay, exactly. and in my in my opinion, they were throwing shade at the firm and the institution, and actually kind of sort of kept the queen separate. And if anybody really watched the Crown and understand the royal family, I mean, and again, no disrespect to the queen but she's really just a figure at this point yeah and like it's it's like you know and and so for you to be like oh like you disrespect the queen no actually they show nothing but love and respect for the queen and Meghan markle even said the queen was very like and face to face was very warm and motherly to her so it's like prince harry made it specific he was like he was like it did not come this that uh, did not come from the queen or philip baby okay in my opinion, so, allegedly it was it's the daddy. Okay, you. Can't I think so too. 
Like you don't, you don't, you don't like, you don't like disclaim, uh, put a disclaimer on your grandparents, but then not your father. If okay. Unless it's your father, you know and what then I mean? Child, yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised daddy, if William was involved in that. Oh, in that and your daddy ain't picking up your phone conversations. Mm. But anyway, sh- and so now there is an investigation. The, the, the broad, not the broadcast, the, what you call it, the production company and the network has now lost, <laughs> launched an internal investigation into that episode. So, I mean, we'll see what comes of that. Sharon might be saying bye-bye to the talk. And another person that has come forward, Holly Robinson-Pete, who was once on the talk when this news came out, she took to Twitter. Baby, child, all these old people on the Twitter. She took to Twitter <laughs> to say that she, when she was on the talk, um, that Sharon Osborne had said that Holly Robinson-Pete was too ghetto for the talk. And oh, that's wow. why Holly Robinson-Pete oh, wow. feels like, you know, she is no longer on the talk. So, hmm, hmm, just interesting well. that, you know, all of this is coming to light. And I'm just like, hmm. And all you had to do, Sharon, was just mind your business. All you had to do was just, you know, and, and mind you, not to get, it's, it's, International Women's Month, okay? And here you go, Sharon, supporting this man that is diminishing, demolishing, and disrespecting this woman. And then not to mention, then on the Twitter, there was this uh, interview circulating of Pierce Morgan about Meghan Markle some Uh years back that essentially said that Pierce Morgan was interested. 4K. Okay? Mm -hmm. 4K. Mm -hmm. Clear as Dizay. Okay? Uh, Where he was interested in Meghan Markle and I, I don't know if they went on a date or I don't know if they were at a party and then essentially he said said that he paid for the cab because Meghan Markle, she was booked and busy even back then. She had got invited to the palace for a party and he paid for the cab for her to go to the party and that's the party that she met Prince Harry at and since that day, he's never seen or talked to her again. So, (laughs) hmm. 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 Is this really the root of your hate of this black queen, Pierce Morgan? And as soon, as soon, as soon as the weatherman... Gave him that forecast, essentially. Okay. <laughs> he was like, "Up, oh, I'm out of here. I'm out of here." It's like, so, I'm so out. you, so you couldn't, you couldn't be, un- you couldn't sit through that uncomfortable moment for yourself where you're being embarrassed, but you wanted Meghan Markle to sit there and be uncomfortable and like suicidal because the royal family wasn't protecting her and her family. Right. Okay. Get the hell out of here. And right. so for Sharon to be up here, all of them, like, look, Sharon, I get it. Like, he's your friend. I get it. I get it. But either, like Bryce said, shut up and just like grin and bear it, and you can, you know, talk, have have conversations with him in private. You know what I mean? Or just, or you know, I wouldn't even have qualms with her being like, you know what? It's very difficult for me to talk about this because he is a friend of mine. I'm very disappointed in the way that he's handling the situation, but he is a friend of mine, so I would rather not speak. I would have no problem with that. I would have no problem with that because when you, you know, show business, as much as we, you know, we can criticize these people, it is a business and these are still people at the end of the day. You never really want to be a part of piling on somebody, even when they're in the wrong, because, you know, sometimes people, you know, I'm always conscious of people's mental health. So I get it coming from a, from a friend standpoint. You don't want to pile on. But at the same time, you cannot, you cannot, you cannot like sit here and make the crux of your argument. Where is the racism when it's clear as day? Megan right. already told you what it was. And Harry backed her up. You really okay. think that Harry was going to sit here and lie on on his family? I just don't see that happening. I just don't see it happening. So the racism is there. They said that it happened. It is what it is. Like, 
Yeah. Yeah. Just, I, and, and the fact that they're still lying. Oops, I just banged my freaking desk. They're still lying about like not wanting to give uh, 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 Archie a title. They were saying that, oh, well, it was because Megan and Harry said that they don't want him to have a title. Oh, child. Right, that was a lie. Child. That was a lie. And we already know. Y'all don't care what Megan say. So, I mean, child, she could have said anything. Y'all, it, 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 whatever y'all was going to do is what y'all going to do. So, keep it moving. And, yeah. And, and child, did you see the photos of, uh, what's, the, what's the daddy name? Uh, is it Philip? Not Philip. Um, is it George? Prince George? Harry daddy? Uh, Harry's dad? Oh, uh, Charles. Charlie. Prince Charles, Charlie, yeah. child. So that that interview came out on Sunday, baby. The firm and institution was working tirelessly. The next day, Prince Charles is out there taking photos with black leaders of a church. I said, uh-huh. "Uh huh, my it's God, so, it's, it's so transparent. It's clear as day. Like if this is not Cancun." Cruz, when he got back to Florida and was taking on photos of the water, putting the water in the trunk, I said, you know oh what? God. It's it like so clear as day. Like I, I hope that that black lady that was with uh, that was walking um, outside that press event with uh, with Prince William was paid because. Uh-huh. <laughs> They had her out there in like some, you know, African inspired garb mm-hmm. as well. I'm like, yo, y'all are really trying to save face. I'm like, if really? this doesn't make it more obvious, <laughs> I don't know what is. But listen, that's our take on that. I want to move on to something that I think is like really interesting. There is a new bill, the Sunshine Act or the Sunshine Protection Act proposed by Senator Mark Rubio, along with four Republicans and three Democratic senators, says we should ditch standard time since we only use it four months of the year from November to March. The call to the end of the equated practice of clock changing is gaining momentum through the nation, Rubio said. Florida's state legislator passed its own version of the bill in 2018, as have 15 other states, including California, Oregon, Tennessee, and Maine. Individual states, however, aren't permitted to change their DTS schedules without federal approval from the Department of Transportation, which means an act of Congress would be required. The United States introduced daylight savings times in 1918 after two German and other European countries started advancing the clocks to conserve fuel and energy during World War One. Congress abolished the practice after war after the war, and it has not been used again nationwide until President Franklin D. Roosevelt introduced year around DST during World War Two from nineteen forty two during nineteen forty two to nineteen forty five. Uh, the U.S. has experimented with year-round DST during the 70s energy crisis from January 1974 to October 1975. The dark winter mornings were too were not too popular, however, ever since we've switched the clocks back to standard time during the winter months. Um, I think this is a very interesting topic in the sense that, you know, I am very open with, you know, I feel like myself diagnosed like uh, SAD, which is seasonal affective dep- uh, depressive disorder from like the winter mm-hmm. months. I feel like in the winter months, I'm less active. I, I get sad. I just kind of go through this like Nyong! because it, it's mm-hmm. dark all the time. And literally this past weekend, we sprung forward and I've never been 
more excited to spring forward because for me, it's like the start of my season. It's the start of me getting back to like my normal self, me getting that vitamin D and C from the sun. I just think it is a, a great practice. And to learn that, like, you know, we originally did this uh, back when we were in World War One and World War Two to conserve energy. We're a long ways from that. I also know that they did this because it helped the farmers with the crops um, in the springtime to have more more sunlight uh and my thing is like yeah this we we did this to help the farmers we're not as an agricultural country as we used to be however more sunlight people are happy it, i just feel like from my standpoint i support this bill and i think that it's something that we really should look at when we talk about mental health in this country when we just talk about the overall happiness of people i just i love something like this and i would definitely support something um like this the sunshine act protection yeah, I mean, they, they, it was it was interesting to, to see this. I mean, you, I mean, upon hearing it, you would feel like it was obvious. You know, like the the less sun that people are exposed to, the more the more depressed they are willing to be. But then you start talking about like how it really affects circadian rhythms, which then affect your sleep, which then affect um, everything else, like your cardiovascular health. Like there, are people who are more prone to heart attacks during this time of year because of like the the, the, the time change and going back and forth every year. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, on paper, it seems like a lot of sense, but at the same time, there is still like a bit of a drawback for me. Cause it's like, well, now our sun, the sunrise is going to be an hour later and we're going to be like in the dark until 8 a.m., which is kind of weird. You know what I mean? But then again, I mean, I still don't know how we did this. I remember for high school, we'd wake up at six o'clock in the morning and, oh, the, sun would not be up, <laughs> okay. and the sun would hardly be up when we got to the school. You know, the sun wouldn't come up until like freaking like what, like second period. You know what I mean? Right. So, and, um, but I, I guess, you know, people, yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say like, and you know, the access of our earth, like, so there will be times in the year that like the sun will rise, uh, before eight o'clock, just in the sense of when we are going around the sun and the access that we are on. So it's like the earth does this naturally anyway, um, tilt, depending, yeah. right. Depending on where we're at in our rotation, um, this, like we see the sun for longer more hours in the day so i feel like why are we messing with the clocks okay just put us on a schedule <laughs> let the earth do its thing and you know when the sun come up the sun come up but like if we can have more day sun hours of in our schedule of our clocks why not that's yeah. just what i say why not you know what i've always wanted to go to alaska that part that part of alaska Child. never sets yes but okay so that's also another issue for some of them people because like mind you they <laughs> experience like insomnia and all of that other stuff so there is like uh to the polar extreme of that they do experience a lot of issues with that but then and also in that parts where the sun never sets that's maybe like for like five, six months. And then on the polar opposite in four months, the sun don't ever come up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so meet me in the middle. Okay. All I'm asking for is just like, just stay on this course. Like I like, you know, but I ain't even going to lie. Cause I mean, the one thing that I do look forward to and fall when, and when we fall back in the fall, baby, I do love that extra hour of sleep. Yes. I ain't even yes, going to lie. I do. I have but been out many a times many. partying Saturday night, and when that clock goes back to one one a.m., hey. like, hey. 
Hey, the liquor can still pour because in Philadelphia they they stop pouring liquor at two a.m. So wait a minute, mm-hmm. turn the clock back. I got another hour. Pour it up, pour it up, pour it up. So I mean, yeah, but I mean, regardless. If we just stayed on this course, it wouldn't matter because we would all get a use of this time. And if you want to sleep an hour earlier, if you want to sleep an hour later, just put it in your damn schedule to sleep an hour later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it really is as simple as that. Like, we complain so much about it. But if you would just go to bed... <laughs> and, and you can and you can train yourself you know what i mean because it is sometimes it is hard like if you have a rhythm already it can be hard to make your body go to sleep when it's not used to but if you work your way up so you're like okay so daylight savings is coming this month i should pro- for the next two weeks i should probably try going to bed at one hour earlier and then your right. body will naturally adjust so i always that, but you know people yeah, are lazy they don't want to do that well that that would be too much work but i'm always the person that like whenever this time of year and spring forward or fall back i'm always like ooh, it's 10 o'clock but it's really 9 yeah. a.m like you know i like i'm always in that mode for like two weeks i don't know why or when we set the clocks back i'm like ooh, it's nine o'clock now but really it's 10 a.m like i don't know why i uh, i even did that when i got up this morning i was like ooh, it's eight o'clock i'm just but- mad that the internet is you know responsible for taking these clocks back now so now you can no longer have the excuse oh I forgot to change my clock nope nope child I I would tell my professor listen uh, I use the microwave as my clock and it it, (laughs) it doesn't have an automatic setback so yeah I can't sorry My internet went out. Yeah. Sorry. Long gone are those days. I remember our principal used to get on the 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 PA system like the day before, like the the Friday before that weekend, and be like, "And don't forget, I don't want to hear any excuses. You turn your clocks back. In the fall, we fall back. In the spring, we spring forward. Fall back, mm. spring forward. Turn those clocks. If you're late, you're going to be late, and I don't care. Like he would not. He was not having it. So, oh gosh, yeah. I feel bad. But for these I mean, kids today. Well, it was like they listen. They don't even know that they in virtual learning. They in class and they bed, so they don't even. Yeah, they don't yeah, even know the that, struggle. Yeah. They don't even know the struggle. But that's all the topics we have for the casual tea with Amon and B. Let us know what you thought about our opinions on these topics. Tweet us, you know, DM us, but you know, hit us on the Twitter. I love to read the comments of what you guys think. Uh, before we go, Amon, what's the tea over there? Drag race. And I know Big Brother Canada is popping off, so that means you ain't taking showers. So what's going <laughs> on? Like, where can the yes. people listen to you at? What's your schedule I like? Am- slowly growing mold <laughs> all over my body i am um, yeah big brother canada is in full swing we um are heading into week four after this week it's, it's really a great season so far it's a i mean the, the, this diverse cast is really delivering on some good good big brother so it's uh we're like we're, we're eating good over there also yes drag race is still it's still going on it's one of the longest seasons ever we are now on episode 10 and there's still like seven queens left in the competition like it's oh. taking forever but this past episode was really good so after I'm done with Bryce I am going to hop on with Liana and, and Beth so be checking out checking that out this week as well and yeah just you know follow me on Twitter at Amar Nadwin yes alright see you later and we are back back for your spiritual feeding we are back with another edition of purple pants premonitions it's been a while welcome back to the podcast our astrology guru our hood girlfriend (laughs) our cousin from up the street gangsta gurry welcome back to the podcast (laughs) you know a little whisper year for all my folks out there happy uh march 
you know, happy astrological new year, happy new moon in Pisces, like happy newness, okay? Um, I was about to say, by the way, because you know it's been a second, how was your birthday, child? How was your birthday? You good? It was good. Another year around the sun. I'm ready to receive these blessings. I'm, you know, I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking, I'm walking. Come on now. Listen, we walking in the sunlight and we walking into the brand new. And I love that you uh, started off. Who is that? That's Mary Mary, ain't Mary Mary. Take the shackles off my my feet so so I can can dance. dance. Come on now. Because I just want to praise you. I just want to praise you. Okay. I just want to praise you. Praise you. Okay. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. Broke the chains now I can lift my my hands I can lift my hands Listen, because you're about to have me in here preaching, child Well, you know what? (laughs) That's what I do Um, But I'm very happy to be able to be back And talk about some of the things to look forward to In this astrological new year that we are stepping into So by the time you guys listen to this We will have gotten through the Pisces new moon That happened on March 13th So I want you guys uh, How is your intuition clicking? Like, what's clicking, boo? Like, what are you noticing is kind of like shifting As far as like what feels right What feels wrong Where you need to center yourself Where you need to focus As you are going throughout the rest of 2021 One of the other things that we know That we are just stepping into We just had daylight savings time, child So listen, the sun is out to stay you know what i'm saying the birds came out to play and i'm here for it so as we are kind of like seeing the light happening around us in this physical sense we have um the spring equinox is happening on march 20th so i want you guys to think about this as like the real new year for all the astrology shit okay we're going to step into airy season all that fiery energy is coming up so i want us to keep in mind how are we starting this like new cycle and fully allowing ourselves to embody this new version of us? You know what I mean? Like what are some of the things throughout 2021 that you've already learned that you figured out like these are the last little pieces of the puzzle that I need to go ahead and you know settle out so I can move on to the next big puzzle. So we're going to focus on um, what we can kind of like bring into our lives, what we can manifest, what is going to help us to stay centered throughout this season. So I haven't even, I'm going to give y'all a little card ASMR as the girls like to say, so you can get into it so you know I'm shuffling it live. Um, but I'm getting this sense of, hold on, because you know, they like pray child, Heavenly Father, Earth Father who love us unconditionally. Thank you so much for this blessing of today. Thank you for any person that is receiving this message and needs a little bit of a charge up as we step into the rest of 2021. Now, whatever the information is, listen, they're already talking. Whatever information is on today allowed to be so. Um, and let us go ahead and see what we have. Okay. Um, so first couple of messages, first things for us to keep in mind as we go throughout the month of March all the way through airy season is, you know, sometimes we like to be a little like jaws. Like we like to be like, oh, like I'm swimming. I'm coming for you. Ha! And then all of a sudden I've taken your legs off. I've taken your arm off. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm coming like a headhunter. And this isn't the energy that we need to be stepping into throughout the rest of this year. It's all about knowing that our prey is around us. It's all about knowing that the opportunities, the blessings are around us and we have to move in divine timing. We also have to remind ourselves that sometimes some of the things in the guide and the direction that we need is going to come from the communities that are around us and from the people that support us. And honestly, like if you got to, you know, text the group chat and be like, listen, I'm about to rash this mug. Like I'm about to say something real out the way. How should I approach this? This will help you to settle your energy in a proper way to kind of like step into some of these conversations that may be a little bit more charged, a little bit more frustrating, a little bit more overwhelmed with a peace of mind. Um, This is also a really important time. Like, 
COVID is still very real. Uh, let me say this again. COVID is still very real. It's really important for us to make sure that we are still finding our community, spending time with people that we love to be around, spending time in groups of folks, whether it's digitally, virtually, like in person, that help us to remind where we come from and how we keep grounded. Who are the people that see us for real, for real this time? Like, you know that there are probably some people that you had to cut off, you know, as the year started, because it was just like, listen, like the direction I'm headed and the direction you're headed are two different directions. It's no disrespect, boo, but I'm going to let you do you and I'm going to do me, just like Rocco used to say back in like 2013, okay? This is the time where you just got to be like, listen, I'm doing me and I got my community, I got my tribe, and I'm not about to uh, fall into some of these old habits, some of these old ways of snatching people up, okay? Bryce, I was about to say, how does that sound to you kind of just like based on everything that's happened before I get into these cards a little more? Um, it sounds very, uh, I, I can relate because I, I'll be honest, in these last couple of days, mm-hmm. I've been gearing up to gather people. And mm-hmm. how that's what my spirit is because people have been doing things or things around me that I feel like, oh, I'm like, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm about to cuss, about to cuss a bitch out. But okay. I've been utilizing my coping mechanisms and I've really been trying to just say like, let it go. Mm-hmm. If it don't serve me and don't serve my energy, don't give energy to it. Period. <laughs> I've been, you know, and it's, it is surprising about it is that it's like coming from my loved ones, coming from my friends. And it's like, you know, I am choosing to let it go. I'm choosing not to respond to that type of energy. Now, mm-hmm. I will say I'm on a roll to a better Bryce and I um it's challenging because sometimes I literally have to take a step back. And mm-hmm. the other day, I was on the phone with one of my friends and I literally like just had to like let it out. Like she was like allowed me to just like vent and I was able to just be like come on it felt good to let it out and then I was able to be like okay I I can move forward so yes that is very much so true that I feel like that fiery energy is like in me and also like I'm not for the bullshit like I don't okay. really want to like sit around and play with it but I also know that a part of it is like you know some of my insecurities and some of the things that like maybe I don't necessarily like mm-hmm. that make me maybe make me feel insecure and mm-hmm. normally I would let that fester and be like oh this but I'm like you know what nope it don't have nothing to do with me that's not really that's not my feelings I'm okay. letting it go okay. like I said I'm walking, walking I'm walking I'm, I'm, okay. listen so yes okay listen I was about to say because you are reading down and I was about to basically just like affirm for you that honesty and it's like people are bringing up some of your triggers we all have triggers we all have things that uh, bring up certain unhealed quote unquote portions of us and this is shadow work essentially what you are doing is you are um, being a master alchemist right now you're taking the situations that do not serve you and you're making them into something better by working through them you're not letting it fester you've seen how it's festered in the past before and it's never been a benefit and this time around you coming through the representation here is in the shark this is our first card so I want you to think about like this uh, month Throughout the rest of March, going into April, it's like, listen, am I embodying this shark energy? Am I about to swim and chomp a bitch? Or am I about to just, you know, go ahead, lay back and pay attention and just keep my eyes open? The shark, when it is in balance, 
You are intriguing. You are captivating. You are mysterious. Remember, we are still in Pisces season. So all of this has to do with this Piscean energy, that water energy, allowing yourself to flow, allowing yourself to be mysterious, tapping into that intuitive nature. When you are out of balance, when the shark is out of balance, they are sneaky and they are destructive. How do you bring this energy into balance? Through divine honesty. Okay, I cannot with you. I cannot with you. I was like, what is that in the background? I'm so... Girl. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen, Jaws, okay? Listen, because you looming in the background, looming in the mist. I'm like, is that a car truck driving by? Like, girl, is that a garbage truck? I'm like, oh my God. No, but literally, like, that's what it's giving. And you have to remind yourself, divine honesty, being real. You don't have to be rude in order to be real. The shark is represented in directness, exposure, and revealing true nature in desire. It says the shark is only dangerous when we don't acknowledge it. This indicates something big needs to be exposed. It's lurking in the depths and creating tension. Shark energy takes us over when we are hesitant to be honest, to be totally ourselves, or to say what we really want. It may be tempted to continue pretending nothing is wrong, but when shark energy is at play, we feel its presence encircling us. So what is this saying? The bottom line? Expose a hoe. Okay, listen. Listen. It's... Girl, it's time to eat a bitch up, but you know you can eat a bitch up with love, okay? Okay, it doesn't it doesn't have to be from a space of negativity. It doesn't have to be from a space of anger. It doesn't have to be from a space of oh, like this bitch is trying and my man like Nene Lee's would be like, no, it doesn't have to be given that. You can come from a space of love and being direct because you directly appreciate and love on yourself. Come on, somebody. Yes. Listen. I needed that. I like that. I, I, I actually needed to receive that. You can eat a bitch up, but with love. Okay, listen. And that's because you love yourself and you also love them enough to love on them and let you know how you love to be loved. Okay, come on, love languages. Mm. That's what it's giving in 2021. Get in how we're healing, as I like to say. We got the fire ant. Fire Ant is our other uh, energy that we are stepping into um, throughout the rest of this month. Fire Ant is all about aggression, rigid thinking, and following orders. When you're in balance, you're thoughtful, you're disciplined. When you're out of balance, you argue, you gossip, you have excess heat rotting from your underbelly. How do you bring this into balance? Go out at night, take a walk, give yourself some solo time. How do you allow yourself to step back when you need to recenter and you need to refocus and your thinking's a little off? The fire energy flares up without us noticing. It's the force that attracts us to people in situations that feed our imbalances rather than those that counter them. Gossiping and blaming are a few indicators that misaligned fire ant energy is at play. You may also find yourself stewing on a person or situation only making things worse. How can you break free from the drama and cool down? Fire ants are surprisingly sensitive. Don't pretend the heat isn't getting to you. Let me say that one more. Let me run it back for the people in the back out there. Don't pretend that the heat isn't getting to you. So what is this saying? You got to be honest. You got to be real. And the more that you are being honest, transparent, truthful, letting the walls down, allowing some of this aggression to like, you know, flow from your spirit out. So that way it can be transmuted into something bigger, something better. Things start moving in your physical realm. Things start moving in your emotions, in your spirit. And you start to realize and recognize that that negative energy is lifting. 
we are we've been hurt. This year has been stressful already. Like it has been a quarter. Quarter one of 2021 has been something else. But it is more important for us in this moment, in this season, to accept, admit these things, and recognize that we have the power to change them and we don't have to do it by ourselves. That's where this community, that's where other people with like minds, that's where other people with, you know, some of the guidance that they may have received in their lifetime that they can pass on to you can be of benefit. So how are you allowing yourself to one, stand up for yourself? Two, be honest, be real about it. And three, don't allow yourself to like stay in that rigid thinking. Like if it's not what if it doesn't apply, let it fly. And that's on what? On Mary had a little lamb and period poo. Oh get into it but that's what I want us to be focused on as we go throughout the rest of this month I want us to think about how we can embody that shark energy like if you're trying to be a headhunter be a headhunter but you know what headhunters don't move all willy nilly they have to sit they have to be patient they look for the right opening they listen you feel what I'm saying they they are sensitive to nature around them and they're able to sense when it's time to move and then when it's time to move make a move but you're ready you are powerful you should be Empowered, And if you don't feel empowered right now, listen, I'm sending bountiful blessings to you. So that way you do. And you can, you know, really, re- you can really fuck them up this season. Okay. Mm. With love. With love. There you go. Come on now. Come on, somebody. With love. Amen to that. But that's our, I was going to say, that's our guidance going through uh, the rest of this month. And listen, all I ask is that you guys stay as close to your people, stay as close to yourself in this time because if the more that you do this work and the more that you allow yourself to truly shine in your divine light in your divine like truth whatever that means for you that's when all the big uh the big abundance starts coming in and i'm looking at april april's gonna be a little a little rough for us because you know we got work to do and every season gonna be like oh my god like i don't know if you know that uh, spongebob meme where it's like all the different spongebobs like running around and shit's on fire <laughs> it's gonna be giving a little that but you know by the time may comes you know april showers bring may flowers okay i'm here for it yes and that's your this week's purple pants premonition gangsta gurry is always a pleasure before we go please let the posse know where they can follow you and get some of this goodness over there listen you can follow me on miss twitter or on instagram at gangsta gurry and gangsta with an a because we don't do no what er buster okay we don't do no er buster ish over here um you can find me on patreon as well patreon.com backslash gangsta gurry is where i share some of my personal feelings where i share some of my personal va- dance videos you know be doing reiki sending out healing sending out some updates and stuff like that doing a zoom call really soon for my patrons so we can you know have a little private time and stuff like that come check me out yes i love it and we will talk soon hallelujah holla back Hello everyone and welcome back to Advice with Bryce. We have another great submission as always, so let's get right into this week's submission. This week's submission is from Matt. Hi Bryce, thank you. My big question is about grief. My fourth grief anniversary of losing my dad was March 8th and it has me down. I know Bryce has experienced his own losses And I just want to see if he has any advice for me from his experience, but also for others who may be grieving, especially because of COVID. I know a lot of folks will be grieving their first anniversaries this year and just know baby boy's wisdom would be much appreciated. Thank you. Thanks, Nasir. And thanks, Matt Scott, for uh, a great question. 
I too know what it's like to lose a dad. And I, I feel like from my experience on this earth, I've dealt with a, a lot of loss in my life, um, starting from early ages through my teenage years and even in adulthood. Losing a loved one, especially a parent, is extremely hard. Losing a friend is hard. L- loss in itself is hard. And I think as human beings, we just are not prepared for it in the sense that We sometimes live life like we are invincible and that death will never happen. One thing for me that I've always thought about death is that it's a part of life. Sometimes it's extremely hard to accept. It always leaves us with that question, why? But I bring it back to it's a part of life. We are born, we live, and we die. In that very easy diagram, it it sounds simple, but... We're never really prepared for it. It's so easy for us to lose track that life is a gift, that every day that we wake up, every day that we take a breath, another breath, another day, it's not granted to us. We forget about that. We we take for granted that every day we wake up, it's a gift. I am one that I try to live in my truth, and I try to encourage people to live in their truth because for this very reason, tomorrow is not promised. And when we experience loss, and especially in this COVID time, you don't really get a sense of goodbye if you have not been able to be in contact with that person due to the pandemic. You know, we're keeping our distance or even just in general, when someone passes, we're never we don't plan for that. And so a part of my planning, because I have experienced loss at a very young age, I I feel like it has changed me. In the sense that I try to give people their flowers while they're here. I try to be empathetic to people that have wronged me. I try to live in the model that if this was our last encounter, that I would be proud of it. Now, I I don't always, I can't follow that to a T because I'm not perfect. But in my mind, I try to live by that rule. And and when we think about grief and we think about loss, there are definitely five stages to grief. And I know for me, when I go through or have experienced that, I always try to rush and get through the five stages and, and get to the end of acceptance and living my life. A lot of the times that can hold us back. So the five stages of grief are denial. Like, is this really happening? Anger. Why did this happen? And you want to put a blame on someone. And a lot of people during this time of anger question God and wonder, like, is there religion? Is there faith? Has all of this been really real? Then there's bargaining. If I do this, if I've done this, will it not make it happen? Then there's depression. I, I can't bear this. I'm too sad to do anything. And then there's acceptance. I acknowledge that this has happened and I I can't change it. Grief doesn't always come in those standard orders. Sometimes you spend more time in anger. Sometimes you spend more time in depression. Sometimes you go through denial, anger, you go back to denial. Then you go to bargaining. Then you go back to anger. I, you know, you've got to allow yourself to go through those emotions. And on the podcast, I've talked about when I take a bath. I will listen to sad songs because they invoke emotion in me. For whatever reason, and maybe it's not healthy, it's it's some type of release. 
when we go through stages of losing people, we have to allow ourselves to say we are not in control of our emotions. And sometimes we gotta, we have to let our emotions go. Sometimes, you know, if you're dealing with a loved one, or you're dealing with a close friend, you can't immediately let those emotions go because sometimes you've got to stand in and be the strong person for someone else. And that's something that we don't really talk about. You've got to stand in, help plan the funeral. I know for myself, when I lost my brother, I didn't really, I, I just froze in the sense that I didn't have emotions because I saw what it did to my mom. And my mom was literally an inoperable for months, for years. And I had to step up and I had to be that support system to my mom. I had to make decisions. I had to plan things. I had to pick things out because I wanted to be there for my mom. And I felt like that's what I needed to do. In that same token, I didn't realize that I had decompartmentalized and I didn't want to deal with it. And I just continued moving on with life. And then one day out of the blue where something hit me, something random, I, I was in the closet putting on a jacket and I realized that it was a jacket that I had let my brother use. Another thing about me is my sense of smell. I'm a smeller. So if anyone knows me, sometimes if they're like, oh, the trash stink, I want to just smell the smell of the trash and just like acknowledge it. If somebody is funky, I, I want to just like catalog their, their funkness. I'm just weird in that sense. And so in that moment, I put that jacket on and there was this scent of this isn't my scent. I realized that it was my brother's scent. It threw me for a loop and I thought that I had dealt with it. Putting my feelings away in a drawer wasn't really dealing with it. And so I, I had to then start my process of grief and, and go through the fact that, oh, my God, I can't believe that this has happened. I, I wasn't easy on myself because I, I also felt guilt as to why am I feeling this now? And I, I didn't necessarily have these feelings during that time. And I had to give myself grace and say that I was dealing with a lot and I had to step up in, in a way that I did not know I could step up. And I had to step up and be there for my mom. And sometimes we don't know our own strengths until we're put in those moments and those those instances where we 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 rise to the occasion. And so back now that after things have settled now, why am I dealing with this thing like, you know, why am I drinking more? Why? You know, there, there's just a lot of things that if you don't deal with your grief, if you don't deal with the depression, if you don't deal with the anger, it will eat away at you and it will manifest its way into other habits, relationships that are not healthy in your life. And so I always encourage my listeners to be vulnerable which is what I try to live by through example, through this podcast. I share things on this podcast that I don't normally share in my regular day life. My mom, my sister, my friends will listen to the podcast and say, I did not know that about you, Bryce. And so I try to be vulnerable. I try to show my emotions because for whatever reason in this society, I feel that are told not to. We're told, deal with it, get over it. And it just doesn't happen that way. With grief, we've got to really take that we're not in control. And I share these five steps of grief with people because sometimes we may not be aware that, you know, there is a thing called denial. We may not be aware that anger is a part of it. We may not be aware that bargaining is something that we do to try to make sense of it. We may not be aware of how long the depression lasts. We may not even recognize when we have come to acceptance 
fact that this person will never be here. We won't be able to get that goodbye that we wanted to. We won't be able to fix that last conversation that we had. You know, there are a lot of regrets in my life with people that I have lost. Sometimes we fight to how can we deal with it? How can we make it right? What I've learned is that you living your life authentically and true is how we make it right. We honor the people that have gone on before us by living in our truth, by living out our dreams, by being true to ourselves. And so maybe you were unable to say goodbye how you wanted to. Well, say hello to the new day how you wanted to in in a way that is paying homage to the person that you have lost. I think that if we can live by this, if we can strive to make each day for ourselves better, not even for for the person that we have lost because sometimes we beat ourselves down so much to the point that we're not even loving on ourselves and how can we be a better person how can we get over this person if we're not loving on ourselves and we got to be selfish in that point to say i want to pay respect to this person i want to show my utmost love for this person in order to do that you got to love on yourself you got to give yourself the chance to say i can do this i can get through this and i can get through this by living through myself by living in my truth, by being the person that I wanted to be at that time, but I didn't have the capacity to. And being that person or striving to be that person that you wish you could have been back then is really a way to honor, to to show love. I'll even share that uh, like with my brother Bevan that has passed. He was always that outgoing person. He was always the life of the party. He was always everything that I wanted to be, but I, I did not think that I was. Through his passing, I've learned and, and come to understand that Everything that my brother was, I am. By honoring him, it is for me to live in my truth and to say that I am a star, that there is something about me that people gravitate to me and don't run away from that. For me to run to it, for me to share my light, for me to share my love in a way that is paying homage to my brother. That is me saying that I am living, I'm going to live my life unapologetically. You are going to shine through me. And I know I'm kind of just going on, but for me, that that's really what has helped me and has guided my my way of thinking. And to know that tomorrow is not promised, that I could wake up tomorrow and I not be here or another loved one or a close friend could not be here. And so I try to move in a way that I show love, I show gratitude, I show respect. And even in my worst moments, I'm, I'm not perfect. I live how I want to live, but I, I try to make efforts and I, I try to go out on my way to do something nice for people. I try to just spread love. And if we could live by that motto, I think that that could ultimately help us. And we got to know that there is no time frame to this. It's not two weeks, you'll be through it. It's not a year, you'll be through it. It's not a decade, we don't know. And so we just have to love on ourselves, give ourselves compassion to say that we're going through something. Lean on your support systems. Lean on the fact that you know the person that has gone on will want the best for you. Lean on the fact that you might not have been that best person to the person that has gone and you want to pay it forward. We lean into that. We will be able to to reach acceptance and be able to grow and ultimately be a better person for ourselves, for our loved ones, for the world. And I truly hope that somebody listening got something out of this can forgive themselves, can maybe start the process of grief. Maybe it's been 10 years. Maybe it's been 11 years. There's no time frame to that. 
I hope that this can help someone move along in the stages of grief, be a better person to themselves. And thank you so much, Matt, for that amazing question. If you feel like you need advice with Bryce, please do not hesitate to reach out to the Purple Pants Podcast. You can contact Bryce at purplepantspodcast at gmail.com. Who's the freak? Who's the freak? Who's the freak of the week? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that freaky, freaky freak? Who's the freak of the week? Might be me, might be you, might be And we are on to this week's Freak of the Week, a very special one for me, keeping in the momentum of celebrating Women's Month. I am, you know, truly honored and uh, excited for this week's Freak of the Week. Earlier, or I don't know, earlier, later in the week, uh, my family group chat was buzzing. My aunt and my cousin was like, you know, make sure you check out the news uh, channel six on Friday. And I was so excited and so thrilled to see my older cousin, Naima Holiday Wimberly, the CEO of Memphis Street Academy Charter School was chosen to participate in Channel 6 ABC Our America Women Forward series in honor of Women's History Month amongst so many other dynamic women leading in their fields and following their dreams. My cousin Naima was chosen because she is a phenomenal leader, a phenomenal mother, and just an all-around amazing person and in the documentary that I've shared to my Instagram and on my Facebook so if you haven't seen it definitely check it out in the documentary my cousin Naima shares her story about becoming the CEO of Memphis Street Academy Charter School and that one of the administrators in the Philadelphia School District was talking to her like girl don't take this job they we've sent principals to this school with 30 20 years experience and have not been successful my cousin really talks about that, you know, after school, there was always police presence. It wasn't a, a great school on the books. It's in the inner cities. Instead of shying away, my cousin Naima really took this as her opportunity and her calling and took the position. And she shares her success with the school, how she was able to turn it around, how their rate of students graduating and going to high schools and not just any high schools, but to elite high schools in the city of Philadelphia has been up, how the rate of those students graduating from high school and going to well-known prestigious colleges around our nation has been up. And it's really a testament to her being an amazing person in her field. And not only that, it really has to contribute to her being a strong black leader in this school. She talks about how a lot of the students when she took this role would always come up to her and say, we've never had a black principal. We've never had a female black principal. We've never had a female black principal that is as youthful as yourself. And my cousin really took it upon that to continue to be a leader and share her story to these middle school students that she has not been on an easy road and she's had to endure so many obstacles 
schools, you know, at the age of 15, she had a teenage pregnancy and she talked about how she hid it from her family. Uh, she was ashamed that she was pregnant. However, she did not let that stop her from her greatness or her education and really uses that model in the lives of her children. And her son that she had at 15 is one of my best friends and he's college graduated. He's in a master's program right now. She's got two daughters in college. She's got another one in middle school and really it's just leads by an example. And I just, I scream from the top of my lungs, representation matters. And to go to a school where not only you are represented in the staff, that you look like the children, that the children can look up to you and aspire to be something of the magnitude that my cousin is, is amazing. And representation matters. And I love it. And I'm just so proud of my cousin Naima. And so of course I had to make her freak of the week baby so if you see that post if you see that news story on channel 6 abc in philadelphia please show some love to my cousin naima it is well deserved she's the freak of the week greatness runs in our family and it was really inspiring because in the documentary we even have my aunt sissy in there and she's talking about you know her upbringing naima's upbringing and how my great grandmother mama won a tv show contest in Albany, New York and moved to Philadelphia to be a beautician and opened up the first black-owned beauty salon in Southwest Philadelphia and how, you know, that's the matriarch of our family. And so our family comes from greatness. We come from leaders and it's just amazing to see my cousin being a leader in the community and inspiring young black and brown boys and girls to go after their dreams. Don't let anything stop you. Don't let your situation situation paralyze you you can always overcome and to see examples like that like her are amazing and i am again honored to have my cousin naima holiday wimberly be this week's freak of the week and if naima is the freak of the week that means we have come to an end of another amazing episode i am so glad that you guys are moving forward with me and listening to this episode if you could please be so kind to subscribe to my podcast the purple pants podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, wherever it is that you listen to your podcast from, make sure you hit that subscribe button, okay? Make sure you give your baby boy some five stars. Make sure you write a review and tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a cousin to tell a mother to tell a brother to tell a sister to tell an auntie that we moving forward because it's a, it's a, it's a, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants, it's the purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the purple pants podcast. You better listen in public, might make your stomach hurt. It's the purple pants podcast. You trying to unwind, you better get that box wine. It's the purple pants podcast. You trying to get your snack, you better hurry right back though. It's the purple pants, it's the purple pants. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. 
at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.